Now, Asia First on CNA 938. In the meantime, let's yes. begin this hour with... Oh, dare we say it? <laughs> News from out of this world. And there you go. You've said it. Okay. So it's been found that 30,000 objects larger than a softball are orbiting Earth at high speeds, posing a risk to satellites and telescopes. Oh, dear. Very difficult to imagine that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, new science shows that the for-profit space race is changing the sky in measurable ways and... Unfortunately, with potential harmful consequences for the ozone layer and Earth's climate. Yes, all of that junk in space does have an impact on us on Earth. So to find out just how detrimental this might be to us Earthlings, we would like now to speak with Dr. Malcolm Davis, Senior Analyst with the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Dr. Davis, thanks so much uh, for joining us for this conversation here in Singapore. Let's first try to understand why in the first place is there so much debris in space? How on Earth, pardon the pun, did it get there? <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. Look, you know, we've been putting stuff into space really since uh, Sputnik 1 first flew in October 1957. If you think about uh, the rate of launches going into space to put satellites up, uh, that's a lot of launches between 1957 and 2024. And it's not just the satellites that go up, it's the rockets that go up and then are basically spent and go on orbiting Earth uh, they crash into things and fracture and create more space debris. So over time, you get this expansion in the amount of debris and junk that's up there, in addition to satellites that have long since passed their use-by date and they're dead, as well as large numbers of, of active satellites. And this problem is only going to get worse uh, as we go down the path of developing what's known as satellite mega constellations, where you have tens of thousands of satellites deployed uh, in very quick succession. Dr. Davis, let's talk about the tracking process. Who is tracking the amount of debris that's in space and why is it important to do that? Uh, look, I think there's a variety of, of international uh, organisations as well as uh, the US military with its allies and partners. For example, I'm speaking from Australia. Australia is part of what's known as the Combined Space Operations Initiative, uh, which is with the Five Eyes plus France and Germany. Australia hosts um, uh, satellite and space debris tracking facilities in Western Australia um, that shares that information amongst the partners of the Combined Space Operations Initiative. Um, other countries track satellites uh, and space debris. So uh, the Chinese have a capability, the Russians less so, uh, the Indians, the Japanese are all developing these capabilities. but. Uh, there's a lot of it up there. Uh, we need to keep track of it and we somehow need to avoid it uh, crashing into active satellites or creating more space debris in the process. Mm, and that would be the primary purpose for researchers tracking the debris in space? Essentially, yes. Um, I mean, there's also concern, I think, uh, about the risk that uh, states such as China and Russia are developing counter space capabilities designed to attack US and allied satellites. So we need to track what's happening there as well to give our ability to have early warning of threats as they emerge um, so that we can take appropriate uh, precautionary actions. But space debris is a real problem. It's, it's going to get worse. 
There is this concept called the Kessler syndrome, where if enough space debris uh, is created, it basically keeps on cascading and expanding to the point whereby complete orbits are, are closed off. We have to find a way to clear it. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is that um, we have, uh, up until very recently, we haven't even tried to clear space debris. Now we recognise there's the potential commercial benefit in going up and actually clearing space debris and clearing orbits. And, and that's a new area of, of space activity that I think could be quite um, uh, um, beneficial and also you know, quite a money spinner for a commercial company. Ah, indeed, I do see that prospect. Uh, so Dr Davis, how can space debris impact the functionality of critical infrastructure or, or rather infrastructure that's critical to us here on Earth, such as GPS, telecommunications, weather monitoring. You mentioned uh, the potential detriment it the, the space trash can have on our satellites and all of these things that do have an impact uh, here on Earth. Well, essentially, if, if you have space debris uh, crashing into an active satellite, then you know that satellite is damaged or destroyed. Quite often it could fragment and thus create more space debris. So you then have to track the individual fragments of, of that collision. And you know, we're talking about anything down to something the size of a, of a small uh, bit of debris that could be um, you know, the size of, of a few millimeters across traveling at orbital velocities of about 27,000 kilometers an hour, that can do real damage to a spacecraft or a satellite if it hits. Uh, and it the smaller it gets, the more difficult it is to track. And of course, you have millions of bits of, of small debris that is whizzing around up there. Uh, so it's very difficult to track. Um, and you know, if these uh, collisions start to happen on a more regular basis, particularly as we go down into the future of mega constellations of tens of thousands of satellites, such as SpaceX, SpaceX Starlink, for example, um, then entire services can be taken down. For example, um, increasingly um, users on the ground will rely more on satellite-based internet rather than ground-based internet service providers. So they'll be locking into SpaceX Starlink, for example, to get their internet and broadband. If you have satellite uh, uh, collisions with space debris, then that satellite internet can go down. Uh, and that has a very real impact on users on the ground, anything from not just social media, but also business, logistics, financial transactions, that sort of thing. So it is quite a significant problem. Dr. Davis, this next question could be on some people's minds. Is there a chance that these things up there could get too close to Earth orbit and land on Earth? Well, you know, luckily, our atmosphere uh, mostly protects us. You know, if it's in orbit, it's moving at orbital velocity of about 27,000 kilometers an hour. A lot of this debris stays up for decades, if not longer, depending on how high it is. If it's low down, uh, then atmospheric drag slows it down and then it enters the atmosphere and burns up. Uh, so most of the space debris is not a threat to Earth directly. If it's large, um, then it can survive re-entry and potentially threaten you know, a, a location on Earth. But if it's large, we can track it. And so therefore, we have some idea of where it's going. It's the small space debris that is the main concern because that's much more difficult to track. Mm. Is there a worry that the objects might also pose an obstacle for perhaps more space launches to take place? At a certain point, if, if the space debris builds up 
in coming years uh, that you know, key orbits and trajectories get choked with space debris, then yes, that does become a problem. But as I said earlier, there's a great business opportunity here for a company that can find a way to go up and clear that debris uh, and even potentially reuse it, recycle it. Um, one of the hot new areas of commercial space is called space logistics, uh, the ability to move things around in orbit. Uh, there's a number of companies that are doing this with large satellites. Now, if you could use the same technologies to go up and scoop up space debris and store it and either, either put it uh, into a safer orbit or re-enter it or recycle it, there's essentially um, profit to be made from that. So it's a risk on the one hand, uh, if we don't manage it properly, but it's an opportunity as well for commercial space companies if they want to uh, start investigating space logistics and the ability to clear orbit, orbits of space debris. Dr. Davis, which organization should be responsible for this cleanup of the debris? Uh, I mean, does the tech required to begin this even exist today? Look, I think it has to be with the commercial space sector. I think that obviously you can have government organizations provide the oversight, provide the policy guidance uh, to try and create a de deregulated space sector to make it competitive. But you don't want a government running this uh, because a government will move too slowly uh, to respond to a rapidly changing situation in regards to space debris. So you want something like SpaceX or Blue Origin or some of the others uh, to take on this role. And as I said, there's, there's an incentive then for them to do that because they can then um, make profit from you know, basically providing a service to users by clearing space debris. Indeed. Now, just some parting words for us here, Dr. Davis. In essence, how worrying on a scale of 1 to 10 would you say is space trash to us? How worrying is this uh, for us at the current, given the current uh, situation, if it's not, if no action is taken at this point? If no action is taken, it's going to become a critical issue in the coming decade. Um, so I do think that there needs to be a serious um, effort to try and clear space debris, as I said, uh, through a commercial uh, approach. Um, we also need to think about how we can utilise um, space logistics to and space manufacturing to reduce the amount of stuff we put up um, by manufacturing things in space rather than launching them from Earth. But I think the real opportunity here is to clear space debris to recycle it, reuse it, and turn it into something useful for, for example, space manufacturing on orbit. Um, and uh, at the same time, clearing those orbits of space debris so it becomes less of a problem over time. But if we do nothing, if we basically drift on and, and basically shrug our shoulders, then I think within 10, 15 years, this becomes a serious issue in terms of blocking our access to key orbits and trajectories. Yeah, this is why sustainability is also an important issue, even out there in space. Dr. Davis, thank you so much for your time and for your valuable insights into this space. Uh, we thank you once again for joining us here on Asia First. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. That's Dr. Malcolm Davis. He is a senior analyst with the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. 